Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands Good morning and welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Folks, today we are going to be looking at Psalm 62 and we shall also be continuing our journey through the New Testament on our 260-day journey. And today finds us on Matthew 15 and so we will be listening to Matthew 15. We'll also be having some time in prayer because this, after all, is the week for Christian unity. So we will draw from the material that was put together by the churches in Burkina Faso and use the prayers that they went and put up. Also, our lectionary gospel reading brings us to Mark and chapter 1, verses 14 to 20, which is about the calling of the disciples. And Pastor Phil will be sharing his short reflection on that. So all of these things to look forward to, and of course, much more in song. But to begin... I wish to start with this song, and I dedicate this to my friend Sunday, because every time he and I meet up, he is always telling me that he cannot wait to have the Lord return and take him home, and that he's always thinking about going to heaven. I tell him that that's a very selfish thing, because he's not considering those who just might not get there, and sharing the good news with them. But this song is for him. We're reading Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken. Two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. Psalm 62 goes and says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I never will be shaken. Charles Wesley wrote a beautiful hymn, one that's not so well known as hymns go. But listen to the words. Open, Lord, my inner ear. And bid my heart rejoice, bid my quiet spirit hear thy comfortable voice. Never in the whirlwind found, or where earthquakes rock at the place, still and silent is the sound, the whisper of thy grace. From the world of sin and noise and hurry I withdraw, for the small and inward voice 
I wait with humble awe. Silent am I, now and still, there not in thy presence move, to my waiting soul reveal the secret of thy love. Thou didst undertake for me, for me to death was sold, wisdom in a mystery of bleeding love unfold. Teach the lesson of thy cross, let me die with thee to reign, all things let me count but loss, so I may thee regain. Show me, as my soul can bear, the depth of inbred sin, all the unbelief declare, the pride that lurks within. Take me, whom thyself hast bought, bring into captivity every high aspiring thought that would not stoop to thee. Lord, my time is in thy hand, my soul to thee convert, thou canst make me understand, though I am slow of heart. Thine in whom I live and move, thine the work, the praise is thine. Thou art wisdom, power and love, and all thou art is mine. I think that Charles Wesley, like the psalmist, knew what it was to rest in the presence of God. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Folks, in this section we are going to go and listen to the reading of Matthew chapter 15, which is the chapter that we are on now as we are 15 days into our 260-day journey through the New Testament. And Suchi will be reading that to us. But as I've said, this is the week of prayer for Christian unity. And the service was put together by the churches in Burkina Faso. And we are going to use those very prayers in regard to it. And so, the first prayers that we are going to use are those of praise and thanksgiving. So let us pray. Let us turn our hearts to God in praise. Praise to you, Lord, for you have poured out your love into our hearts so that we may never lose hope. By your love, you free our lives from fear and dress, our wounds and injured hearts. For all who sow seeds of compassion and love for their neighbours around the world, Lord, we praise you. Eternal God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, your Son, the Redeemer of all creation, for the grace that renews and the blossoming of faith, hope and love, for the faith we receive from the Apostles, for Jesus' prayer for unity, and for the gift of the good news of salvation. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Gracious God, for the generosity of your love for all people, a love so perfect it is beyond our comprehension. For sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. For continuing to fill our lives with your love through the Holy Spirit. Lord, we adore you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now we shall listen to Suchi reading 
Matthew chapter 15 for us. Matthew 15 Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, "Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them." Then the disciples came to him and asked, "Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this?" He replied, "Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots." Leave them they are blind guides if the blind lead the blind both will fall into a pit peter said explain the parable to us are you still so dull jesus asked them don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them for out of the heart come evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false testimony slander these are what defile a person but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them leaving that place jesus withdrew to the region of tyre and sidon a canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out lord son of david have mercy on me my daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly jesus did not answer a word So his disciples came to him and urged him, "Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us." He answered, "I was not sent only to the lost sheep of Israel." The woman came and knelt before him. "Lord, help me," she said. He replied, "It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs." "Yes, it is, Lord," she said. "Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table." Then Jesus said to her, "Woman, you have great faith." Your request is granted and her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus left there and went along the sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountain side and sat down. Great crowds came to him bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute and many others and laid them at his feet and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, "I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me 3 days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way." His disciples answered, "Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd?" "How many loaves do you have?" Jesus asked. "7," they replied, "and a few small fish." He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish and when he had given thanks he broke them and gave them to his disciples and they in turn to the people they all ate and were satisfied afterwards the disciples picked up seven basketful of broken pieces that were left over 
the number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magdalene. Amen. Let us continue with prayers of confession, taken again from the order of service. Prayer for Christian Unity, week's service, put together by the churches in Burkina Faso. Let us pray. We come before you, O God, to confess our sins. By seeking happiness without God and ignoring the command to love, we have turned from our neighbour, our selfishness and desire to possess and control separate us from God. Merciful God, forgive and heal us. In Jesus' name. Amen. When we disregard the humanity of others and build walls of division, we sow seeds of hatred and violence, abandoning the Lord's command to love. Merciful God, forgive and heal us. In Jesus' name. Amen. When our lack of compassion hardens our hearts, we no longer see Jesus in those different from ourselves. Merciful God, forgive and heal us. In Jesus' name. Amen. When we fail to open our hearts and minds to God's infinite and unconditional love, the world is darkened by selfishness, violence and indifference. Merciful God, forgive and heal us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and transform us by your Holy Spirit. For the sake of your servant Jesus, and in his name we pray. Amen. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Folks, when we look at Psalm 62, David is going through crisis where people are trying to take him down. And yet he goes and expounds for us who God is for him. And you know, that is a question all of us need to face up to. Who is God for you? Now, in the middle of the psalm, he then goes and has an exhortation to all of us to trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. Why? For God is our refuge. And that's where he becomes plural. Everything else he speaks of is in regard to who God is to him personally. But then he makes that declaration to us all that God is our refuge. Do you know God as your refuge? But listen to the various things that David goes and attributes to God in regard to his life. Firstly, he opens with, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. Then he goes and he says, My salvation comes from him. He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. He then goes on to say that my hope comes from him. And he repeats, He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. Again, he goes and says, my salvation and my honour depend on God. Not only was God the source of his salvation, not only is God 
his salvation, but he goes and he says that his salvation and honor depends on God. Why? Again, because he is my mighty rock, my refuge. And then he goes and he says that there's two things that he knows of God. One is that power belongs to you, O God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Now, if we were to delve into all of those things and what they mean, we could be here for a good while. But just think about this. If you were to write down a list of things that God is to you, would you be coming up statements like that? Do you know the reality in your situations of God being your rock, God being your salvation, God being your fortress? And as a result, you will never be shaken. Because he speaks then about the relationship that he has with human beings around about him in verses 3 and 4. And he says, how long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. And so he knows that people around him are being two-faced. They want to see him fall. They want to see his demise. Yet, to his face they're saying beautiful and sweet things. They're blessing him. But in their hearts he knows that they are far from it. Where do you find rest? Where do you find your peace? Where do you find solace? Is it in God? Can you go and say, Truly, my soul finds rest in God? Yes, my soul finds rest in God. Would you go and tell others to trust in God at all times, you people, to pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. You know, as I continue my journey day by day, discovering who God is and the extent of who he is, it amazes me how wonderful he is and to know the reality of this in my life. And my prayer is that you would know the reality of it in your life, that God is not just some distant, unknown figure, that God is not just something that people like to say nowadays a construct of humanity something that we have made up to survive but that you would know the reality of who he is and that you can truly go and say yes my soul finds rest in God my hope comes from him truly he is my rock and my salvation my fortress I will not be shaken so whatever you're going through today Whatever the circumstances. David was going through tough circumstances and knew he was going through tough circumstances and yet he reminds himself of who God is. And he even repeats those terms of who God is to him. But maybe you're on the mountaintop and everything is going wonderfully well. Don't forget to praise God for who he is to you. I would encourage you this day as you journey through it to Ponder, if you were to sit down and write a psalm, if you were to write a song, what words would you use to describe God? And then, just to add the little blessing that Paul went and wrote to the Romans, and I love this, and you know I've spoken on this before. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, 
so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your trust in him, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Today, as I said, our lectionary scripture is taken from Mark's Gospel and it is about the calling of the disciples. And Pastor Phil will be sharing his thoughts on that now in a few moments. But first, let me read this to you. This is a small devotional based on John chapter 13, verses 6 to 8, which reads, Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Picture this. Jesus, the creator of the universe, takes off his outer garments to wash the feet of his disciples. All his disciples say nothing about it, except for Peter. He has a sense of the incomprehensible humility of his Lord. And he can't agree with what is happening. Three times he speaks up. First he is amazed, then he protests, and finally he demands more than he had previously refused. Typical Peter, you might think. But how would you have reacted? Peter's objections lack insight and respect. In this, they are a warning to us. But more instructive than this are the answers the Lord gives in response to the objections of his disciple. Let us take a closer look at the first two answers. You will know after this. Peter was, at that time, not yet able to understand the symbolic act of his master. He had to wait until Jesus had returned to heaven and the Holy Spirit had come to earth. Then, by his help and under his guidance, he would be able to know and to use this knowledge for his service to other Christians, as his letter shows. No part with me. Peter's greatest interest to share things with the Lord. He wants to have fellowship with his Lord, but to do so, everything that soils him on his way through this world must be removed by the cleansing waters of God's word. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild restless sea. Day by day his clear voice soundeth, saying, Christian, follow me. I want you to imagine the scene in the school playground. It's lunchtime, and teams are being picked for a game of football. Of course, the very good players are chosen first, and then the more average ones, and, and there were others like, well, I often was, uh, left feeling like Elijah. I only am left. <laughs> I often ended up in goal. Today in Mark chapter 1, we see the Lord beginning to put together 
his team. Chapter 1 from verse 16. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little further from there, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. They were just ordinary folk doing an ordinary job. And yet Jesus called them to follow him. Peter and John would later be described as unlearned and ignorant men. Yet the Lord wanted them on his team. Think you're nothing special? <laughs> Join the club. Yet we know that the Savior delights to touch the lives of ordinary men and women, common or garden sinners, to cleanse them, fill them, and use them for his glory. Look at his promise to them in verse 17. Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. <laughs> they couldn't possibly have understood all that that would mean. Although I have to confess that every time I read these words, my mind goes to a story about a ladies' meeting where a lady was giving her testimony. She was unmarried, and but sharing what the Lord meant to her. And she said that she'd been fishing for men for years. Anyway, Jesus was predicting that these followers of his would be the means of drawing others, men and women, into his kingdom. Indeed, on one never-to-be-forgotten day, Peter, ignorant and unlearned Peter, would throw out the gospel net and capture some 3,000 souls. But for now, they were called to be by his side, listening, learning, watching him. And uh, as people had their lives touched by his power, it would be later that Peter and John and the others would realize that this time was a time of preparation for the work of the kingdom far and wide. I am so glad that I trusted Christ as a lad of only 10, when the goals were still flying past me. As I listened to the words of a faithful preacher, I came to understand my own need of Jesus, his forgiveness, and his spirit within me. And I've experienced his friendship down through these more than 50 years. So what about you? Have you signed up for his team? Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we thank you that it pleases you to touch the lives of ordinary people, forgiving them, making them true followers. Keep doing it, Lord, we pray. And may our lives and our words be used to point others to the one who loved us and gave himself for us. We bring our prayer in his worthy name. Amen. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands.